Hello and welcome to Blooming Abroad, a podcast where we look deeper into the lives of Cullen, that's me, and Sarah, that's me, two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference in Central and Eastern Europe. Hey guys. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Blooming Abroad podcast. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's always been a while. I know. It's true. But we are in the middle of a um, awesome and really busy summer, so we've got a lot to catch you up on. Um, Some really cool things have happened the last few weeks since we talked with you last. It's almost been... So that's an advantage because we have a lot of really cool things to share with you today. True. Um, So hope you're all doing well. Uh, It's been blazing, uh, blazing hot here in Hungary. Uh, Typically, like actually, for the last two months, it's been upper 80s and and 90s. So with like very high humidity, I want to say between 70 and 90 percent humidity. It's sticky. It's, It's very sticky summer. Sticky out there, people. And I feel stickier because I've also started, as I mentioned in the last podcast, or maybe the one before that, that I signed up for the half marathon. And I'm realizing now that training during Hungarian summer was um, not my smartest idea. (laughs) It's uh, very, very, very hard to run long distances in the summer. I've always wondered about that because typically in Michigan too, the marathon training schedules are you either have one in May or mm-hmm. October. Those are when the biggest ones are. Yeah. And I don't know, as a Michigander, it's pretty hard to start training in like January when it's really cold out. Yeah. So that's when your training cycle starts for the, the May marathon. But if you want to do the October, you got to start, like, you basically run throughout the summer, which well, is... October isn't that bad of a date because October in Michigan is cool. No, but I mean the training. Well, like... I know, but if the training is hard and hot, mm-hmm. and then the marath- the half or the full marathon is cool, it actually helps you. Oh, I agree. I'm just I'm just yeah, but you're about right. The... the training is... It's either... Like nasty cold when yeah. you're training, and then you get some some springtime, or it's the, you know, running through the peak of summer. That's true. But you're right, because, well, in theory, so yeah. uh, October, I think you're right. That's a pretty amazing time to run. Yeah. But uh, I often would think, so I think three of my marathons, not to make this about me, but... Uh, <laughs> three of my marathons. Three of my mar- marathons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, three of my marathons were in May, and mm-hmm. two of those were the Bayshore Marathon in mm-hmm. Traverse City. And that was hot. I know. It? And Both so times. that's the, in theory, you think, <laughs> oh, it's May, you beat the heat, or oh, it's October, you beat the cold. But we're talking about if you're doing Michigan marathons, then. If I had to choose, luck. I think I'd choose October. I train, agree. train when it's really hard to train, but have the actual event be easier. That's my. I agree. Two sets. And know? I think it's you're going to be in good shape for uh, October in Budapest because it's a little September bit more in Budapest. September. September. Early September in Budapest. I'll take that back then. Yeah. It's going to be hot. Yeah. There's another one in October that I'm kind of regretting not signing up for, but I don't know, maybe getting it over with. It's going to work out great. Exactly. There's no, no good time to train for half marathon so you're right pick up and do it like you have been how many weeks have you been at it i don't know maybe four solid weeks think, the whole month of july i think definitely. you're almost to, to two months because then we we started i remember when you wrote on my training board because cullen is my trainer we were trying to quote unquote stack days that was our goal so he yeah. writes a new exercise that's not always running on my board every day in the morning and i need to complete it by the time i go to bed at some point yeah. And I remember you were you were prepping for July for about probably about two weeks. That's true. So yeah, six weeks of training. That's awesome. I know. So you're getting there. And I know. What uh yeah, so tell us a little bit about how has it been training for your half marathon your first half marathon. Well, my attitude has changed, so it's been better than any other time I've had any quote unquote race. And by race I mean five K, which is the furthest I've ever run in my whole life. But um, my and attitude has today? been much better towards every training session. Whenever you write something on the board, 
my mind has just changed of I got to do it every once in a while. I haven't done it because of whether it be circumstances or laziness could be both, but I've done almost every single one of your trainings. Um, mm -hmm. But today, today yeah. yeah, today I am uh, quite, we were talking about the heat because I'm sitting here sweating still from my run mm -hmm. this afternoon. It's almost noon. Um, I went over about four miles. So, which is the furthest I've ever run in my whole life. And I didn't get very out of breath. It was mostly the heat, the heat that was difficult. Mm -hmm. Even though today is much cooler than it's been, it was still yeah. really tough. And my route kind of had very little shade. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of what got me down. But otherwise, it's the furthest I've ever run. And I'm very proud of myself. You just got a shiny new, uh, you got a new, oh, new yeah, car. I did. I got new running shoes that arrived yesterday. So I ran for that in them for the first time today. And man, does that make a difference? They were comfortable. My body didn't hurt. My shin splints didn't kick in within five minutes as they usually do. My knees didn't hurt. My hips didn't hurt. It's a big deal. It made all the difference in the world. And I realized the shoes I've been running on, I think I've had them for five years. Four years, four years probably. So. That's uh, that's why I've been not putting too much miles on your plate because that's like runners one on one is make sure you got the right equipment. So Sarah's got a she's got a fancy new pair of Nike Pegasus Forty. They're so 40s. pretty too. They are. They're good shoes. They're, they're so they're, pretty. They're gonna work well for you, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Sarah, let's um let's jump in. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to share, but I'm glad we talked a little bit about your your marathon training, your half marathon training. It's a big deal that you're doing that. Super proud of you. Thank you. Keep going. I'll try to keep holding up my end uh, of the bargain as your Thank trainer. You. Um. So yeah. So, gosh, you guys, it's been it's been an amazing two months. Um, last time we talked was early June, and um, since then we've had some really amazing. Um, things happening around our village that we're working in and just in our lives. Um, yesterday, if you haven't had a chance to look at it, we um, we sent out an update post through our website. Yeah, check it out. So there's a new blog post um, titled uh, The Beginning of the End. It's kind of a full circle uh, ode to one of the first uh, blog posts that we made when we first moved here, which was titled The Start of the Beginning. So, oh, uh, now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little little poetic, uh, nice. you know, circular um, bookends. Yeah, in some way. So yeah, there's we'll we'll update you here on the last couple uh, last few weeks, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, what we're looking towards because um, mm -hmm. we're we are right around twenty weeks uh, left here oh gosh, in Hungary. Wow. Yeah. So I haven't looked at that in a while. It's going fast, and it's going to keep going fast. Um, so, yeah. Um, so what I would like to do is ask Sarah as a just way to get into a little bit of reflection and catching the people up here on the last few weeks. Um, what, what is an um, experience for you or even just a moment, if you can get more specific, that stuck out over the last uh, month and a half? Ooh, that's a good question. And I'm saying that to fill in the gap to help me think like you do in interviews. You know, it's just such a, it's a really insightful question. Um, I would say uh, my mom coming to visit. It's Aww. not a, it's when, when I saw her sitting on her suitcase waiting for us to pick her up at the, the airport, uh, like pickup line, um, big old hug. And this visit was different. Um, than the last visit. So this is the second time mom has come out to visit. And last time it was a little bit more kind of touristy. We did not fully, they still, you know, you and, or my mom and your mom um, definitely participated in our programs, but there was a little bit more emphasis on let's explore, let's kind of show you around. But the second time my mom didn't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. She had seen Budapest, you know, we had even gone to Belgrade and things like that. So the whole time, it was just her wanting to kind of live life with us, yeah. which was um, really amazing and kind of just made me wish that she could live here with us for yeah. the rest of the time because it's just really great to have her here. So that that is a moment. And then another 
moment. I know it's not really a moment. It's a kind of like a week, I guess, was when the team from Family Life came mm -hmm. to to help. Uh, well, to just help us with everything, really. They. What's Family Life? Oh, sorry, Family Life Church. Forgot mm -hmm. to. We've just been calling it sorry. Family Life. Yeah, Family Life Church, which is a church in Williamston. Um, and it's Cullen's grandparents' old church, that, and we've gotten connected with the pastor there, and this summer they sent a team. And the amazing part of the team was, there's multiple, multiple amazing parts, not from the leader, Alex, to the fact that it was mostly families. It was kind of a, like, three or four kind of sets of siblings or parents and grandparents and things like that but over half of our team were teenagers or at least under 21 and that i think is a rare thing for a lot of teams um, a lot of mission teams is to have so many young people especially young people leading youth programs with with people their age with kids their age and that was really amazing to see they brought new kind of sports into the game and the the moment that sticks out to me from that week there's actually there's two moments the first one was the first day or evening of the youth programs at the end of the kind of afternoon slash evening portion of the programs i was inside the coffee house and i looked outside and the kids uh from our youth group and the kids on the team the teenagers on the team were sitting in this big circle talking and laughing so much laughter because of course as they should they shouldn't they don't the american team doesn't know hungarian like maybe two words and some of the kids knew some english words thanks to cullen being their english teacher but um they were learning how to communicate with almost zero words in common yeah. and it was so cool they were laughing they were miming and charading and they were speaking um, teenager yes and it was it it was amazing to see um people like peers connect with them because oftentimes uh, these kids have teams come and say hi, but most of the time they're adults. They're not their peers. And so I think it's really, really, really cool. And the second moment from that week was uh, on every trip that Family Life Church does, they always offer the members of the team to get baptized. And we had four young people get baptized in uh, in a pool in one of our uh, Celia and Mishi, the social worker in our cafe manager's house. They have a pool in their backyard and they set everything up and four of the teenagers got baptized. So those were the two major moments for me, mm -hmm. three with my mom that stick out from the last six weeks. Yeah, definitely those were um, those were two really amazing weeks oh, that we had. Gosh. And it was really cool. June was a special month because we just were surrounded by so many, so many of our people Yep. So many people from Michigan. That's a good point, actually. So that was special. It went by really fast, uh, but it was a good fast. And we had uh, another English camp month with another team of Americans from the Midwest, so maybe not Michigan, but... Yeah, from the Chicago area. Of, yeah, we had a lot of... Lots of camps. Yeah. Um, yeah, camps, like our, our life here in Hungary, summertime, <laughs> is like there's a lot of camps going on from like English camps to like sport camps or camps. youth camps, yep. you know, where you just kind of, you go away somewhere. Um, and this, this we'll say camp season got started really kind of early, mm -hmm. like right after the, it was the last week of school mm -hmm. that actually the team from family life was here. So, um, we hit the ground running and, um, it, it was amazing. Um, also definitely was incredible to have Polly here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and we learned a lot from the first time that, that Polly, your mom, and my mom, Julia came because we definitely tried to like pack in a lot of sightseeing, mm -hmm. um, tourism, and there was some, there was a lot, there was some sickness involved and that was, that was a harrowing experience. Um, but we learned a lot from that. So I think we learned how to not run uh, Polly, your mom, ragged into the crowd. Uh, she was here because yeah. I think we successfully accomplished that with both of our moms when they first came. Yeah. So, but sorry, we were moms. sorry, moms. <laughs> Thank you, moms. Yes. Yeah, but that was November, um, like just a few months after we had moved, which I'm still very thankful for the two of you, if you're listening, for doing that and coming all this way. That 
yep. will forever mean a lot. Yep. Um, so for me, um, this is, I didn't oh, yeah. announce it, but as I, we close up our blooming around um, segment here, uh, I just have a recent memory that is really special for me. Actually, this week um, was the first week in a while that Sarah and I had some time to mm -hmm. just catch up on some um, just tasks. It was kind of like we say like home office kind of stuff, but actually we were at the cafe. Mm -hmm. So um, we were in the village. We were at the cafe. It's not open yet, so we just have the place to ourselves. But it's sweet because it's fully equipped, so we can make coffee. We can just get to work. It's a great space. Mm -hmm. um, and there's um, there are three little girls. They're sisters. They range from I think like six to uh, ten or eleven years old. And these three, Jophie, Sophie, and Lizzie, are like just so so precious. Side note: How cool is the name Jophie? It's a very. It's cool such name. a cool name. Really cool name. And then a, the sister named Sophie, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> and they look really similar. They really do. It took me a, at least a year to like remember it. No, that's Sophie. The that's older, Sophie. Yes. But anyways, we were kind of in the middle of like a work day just getting into it and I was in the kitchen and I looked out the window and saw the three of them playing and it had been a while since I saw them they live right down the sidewalk a few houses away from the cafe and mostly their grandma takes care of them so um I just saw them outside playing so I went to Hoini and asked like oh are you doing are you meeting with their grandma or something and she said no I just invite them to come in and play because it's so hot out and I always see them outside all day. And so I just invite them to come in and play on the trampoline and ride their bikes around. But Honey said, I don't have, you know, I'm trying to work though, so I can't like be totally present to them. And so I just really decided in that moment that I didn't like none of my tasks were that important. And these little ones just have my heart. And so I just mm -hmm. slow down, put all my work aside, and I ended up spending the afternoon with these kids. And we're talking like three hours. Yeah, we we went through all of it. It was like it was like a full on like babysitter a day. Like we did it all. Like I like um You fed them. We yeah. were outside. Yeah, I fed them Cheerios and milk. Uh, I put a movie on for them. We did coloring. We played with little uh, dolls we were outside playing basketball it was it was a full packed in three hours and i think it meant a lot to them um yesterday so that actually that was two days ago and then yesterday morning we stopped in the village and um just briefly in the morning and i saw the middle the, the second oldest sophie sophie riding her bike by and I could tell she was kind of peeking through the, the gate to uh, see if, like, it was okay to come in and play. And she was all sleepy-eyed. So I had this suspicion that she, like, was, like, excited to wake up for the day to come and see if we could mm -hmm. play. I could just tell it was one of those things. And I remember that being that way as a kid. And uh, unfortunately, we were on our way to Budapest. We were just stopping briefly and... But I talked to her for a little while. I asked her how yesterday, how her evening was. And asked her what she had for breakfast. Because it was her birthday that night too. Yeah. Before. What kind of cake she ate. And she was so happy. And um, I told her we had to go to Budapest and that we couldn't play today. And she was okay with it. And then I said, I love you. And she said, me too. And she smiled and rode her little, little pink little Barbie bike away. So... That's a, a memory, a little moment that sticks out to me. For one sure. that maybe sneaks in behind the scenes, but those are the real treasures that they just make it all worth it. And I'm thankful that I've matured and gotten to a place where I can slow down and step away from my tasks um, when something way more important is in front of me, like these precious little ones. So hopefully we can get some more hangout time. They're coming to a camp in the village next week, so I basically get to hang out with them all week, which is going to be great. Oh, amazing. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, in lieu of our story time, uh, we've got quite a bit to update you all on. Um, so we're going to use the next few minutes 
to just give you some updates on the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. We talked about teams. I don't want to talk too much about the camps and teams and stuff. Like it's, there's a lot happening. Um, but I wanted to give you an update um, on the upstairs space because I know a lot of you have been following that pretty closely, especially the last time we talked. Um, we were waiting and just praying for more funds. And we have some good news to share on that note. And then also talk a little bit about the, um, the cafe and kind of what's going on mm -hmm. with the cafe. So Sarah and I will kind of pass the ball back and forth there. And then towards the end with our last few minutes, we'll... We'll start to, we'll begin to talk a little bit about the um, the beginning of the end, which is our, our last few months here. And that will guide us into episode eight, um, where we'll continue that thread and continue um, with each podcast going a little bit deeper into the beginning of the end and how what steps we're taking to leave this place better than we found it which is really kind of the anchoring vision for us. Um, it has been, and it will continue to really be the anchoring vision over the next um, few months, last few months we have. So um, on, the on the upstairs uh, space front, uh, last time we talked, we were waiting for more funding and we had a really big miracle happen in June. Um, we were, I'll tell you a little short story, but the, the team from Family Life came and there was, and I invited our local uh, builder, Henrik, who has um, been doing all of the work. And I, I will also add a very cost-effective. Yeah. Um, and sometimes free. Yeah, his heart. Donation. It started as, uh, this sounds like a cool project um, and I'm happy to help. And now you can see Henrik has really, he's pouring his heart and soul into this project. Mm -hmm. And I think he sees how much this will mean to this community and mean to these kids. And to the tune of him and his wife have been buying stuff like buying the doors or offering, I'll paint it for free. Um, so that's really special. But he came on one of the evenings that the Family Life team was there and he decided on his own to do something really special. He started inviting the Americans um, kind of in twos or threes to come upstairs and he would just have them like drill uh, a screw into the wall. And he didn't, it wasn't, it was not making any structural difference. He was just doing it because he wanted the people to say that they were a part of the upstairs youth center project. And it was really special for him and important for him to do that. And so that was really moving for me to know that he had been doing that. And it was obviously very moving for some of the members of the team that were up there with him. And it was so moving to one of the individuals that he came downstairs and uh, approached me and asked, how much more money does this project need to get finished? And I said, our number is 15,000. And we've really worked that out and talked about that for a while. So I think that's going to give us some margin, but 15,000 is the number. And this individual who requested to not be named um, said, I'm good for that. Um, who can I write the check out to? Yeah. And the, the reason that what really motivated this individual to, to give in such an extravagant way was Henrik taking the time to include um, include these guys in this small but really big and really really meaningful and thoughtful uh, act of including them. So that was special. And then the following morning, I got a message from you guessed it, um, Mr. Mike Flory, letting me know that there is an additional three thousand dollars coming in uh, to. 3000 coming in for on top of that. So in the span of 48 hours, we went from zero to, to $18,000 and we have all the funds that we need to finish the project. So in July, uh, early July, Henrik and the project manager, Mishi, they went back to work. Henrik is busy working on the walls. Um, he plans to have the walls done in the next two, two and a half weeks, and then he'll move towards replacing the stairwell on the stairs, which is a big project. Also, he's putting in two windows, two new windows, 
I'm not replacing, actually carving out and, mm -hmm. and putting them into the walls. Both the stairs and the windows are huge projects. Big actually. structural projects. Yeah. Um, and just two weeks ago, uh, Mishi uh, was talking with his neighbor, who is a oh, yeah. big-time plumber, has his own business. And they were just talking outside, and his neighbor said, Oh, I'll, I'll send some guys over tomorrow morning. Well, we'll take care of it. It should just take an afternoon. And Mishi said, how much would you, how much would you need for that? And his neighbor said, nothing. I think this is an amazing project. I think it's incredible that you guys are doing this and we'd love to help. So mm -hmm. all the plumbing is done in the upstairs. And guess what? Mishi and our good friend Gary are electricians. So they're doing all the electrical work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everything's coming together and we have, uh, it looks like, um, we've been, we've had a productive team meeting. We're going to have another meeting here in August and um, just stewarding the resources well, um, I think we'll be able to open the doors on that and welcome our kiddos upstairs. They've been going upstairs to pray, but it will actually be their space, hopefully in October. That's our, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. So we're really thanking God for this big miracle. It's still super overwhelming. I was crying for days. Mm -hmm. um, but this is just the kind of thing that God's been doing since we've been here in Hungary is we get to a place, okay, we run, run on resources. Let's leverage our, let's ask around, but ultimately let's just be patient and trust that God has a plan for this village and that he's going to take care of what needs to be taken care of to make this, this all happen. So, so that's the update on the upstairs front. Sarah, would you, would you tell everybody just a little bit about where we're at with the cafe? Yeah. So the cafe is, I think we've talked about construction wise is totally done. We have the actually, okay. I take that back. There's one project that actually is going to be donated. It looks like, uh, the funds are going to be donated for new windows. They're very old windows and they let, a lot of heat out or a lot of heat in, depending on the season. Um, and then they also don't look super great. So um, we're getting that other than that, uh, the construction is fully done. The place is almost 100% fully outfitted. We just have to get our little comfy corner all set with couches, which were also donated. Um, so we just have to figure out how to get them physically into the cafe. So that has been done or that is done. But the, now that we're, we have the space mostly ready, uh, we have now started to turn to the operations aspect of how do we staff this? What are the opening hours? We've been going back and forth about opening hours for a long time because we're slowly but surely, we've now whittled down the staff to three, two full-time and, and one part-time staff. Mm -hmm. As of right now, that's what we have. So we've been kind of brainstorming and trying to figure out with three staff, can we do anything? And I think we kind of have determined not really, at least not effectively, because we are the two full-timers. Yeah. So if that, so, and we cannot be the only ones there uh, with our limited Hungarian, uh, we can be baristas, but when it comes to any problems, any issues, any rules, anything, we will have a hard time. So. We've, we need more workers. That's kind of our thing, but, but what can we do when we don't have the funds to pay workers? Me and Colin are being paid through our business. Mishi is being paid, but his funds also, he's being paid for six months. So his funds are also running low. So we need to pay him first. So how do we do this? That's kind of our big brainstorming question. And then um, with three, so first we need to find workers because if we don't find workers, we can't really open. The second one is kind of what are opening hours and how how do we actually operate once we mm -hmm. have those workers. Mm -hmm. um, if we get one volunteer or two volunteers, or maybe maybe they're willing to just work one day a week for a very small fee, um, or fee, not fee, uh, very wage. small amount of, thank you, wage. Mm -hmm. um, they're not paying us to volunteer. That would be nice. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, so so how do just how do we do this? Um, We've started to come up with some ideas. Uh, we've kind of started to reach out to some people here in Ketchkamate through the church uh, to see if there's any interest in volunteering their time to work in this cafe. And so that's kind of where we're at now. Our goal 
is to open by like in the fall or by the fall time. Yeah. That's kind of the main goal, but gosh, it's so hard. If we don't have workers, we cannot we cannot do it. Yeah, it's once again and we, we wrote this in our in the update post from yesterday is it just seems like uh we're definitely not defeated in this. It's just a, a really a faith a faith building season because it seems like every every season and I mean physically like summer, spring, fall, winter, like every season uh, of the journey towards this cafe journey has been two years. Mm-hmm. And wow, it's unbelievable to see like the transformation of the space. And it's unbelievable to see that it's it's equipped, it's outfitted, it is ready. Um, with the exception of the outdoor, we need some signage and we need oh, to, yeah. to yeah. alert people right now it just looks like a house we got to do that that's going to be a big one but every season seems to present new financial obstacles with this project and now i think we're getting right to the edge of actually breaking through getting over getting over the edge to actually open this cafe Mm -hmm. and see start to see the difference that it, it could make in this community so there's a few different kind of um there's a collision that's happening right now. I also think it's it's a really great experience, uh, great opportunity for us all to learn. This is this is what it's like to be a part of a startup, um, and you know, in America, we we're like it's like startup central. Everybody wants to start something, and there's just think tanks and ideas. But in Hungary, it's a little bit different. It it's it feels a little riskier for them. But the one thing that I hang my hat on is that the manager of this uh, cafe and the leader of this mission, Mishi, he has been exceptional. He has exceeded expectations on all fronts from the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. And more importantly, no, he's not the most savvy financial guy, but he is the man for the job. He loves people. He sees these villagers. He's desperate to see change happen. He's innovative and creative enough to make things happen. He's a thrift shop yes, maniac. He is. He's he is not a kind of guy that's gonna blow a bunch of money on brand new stuff. He's nope. he is picking through all the online web websites and a lot of times he shows me something. I'm like Mishi, I see that that's cheap, but it's ugly. So yeah. I, please no. And he says, okay, okay, just wanted to ask. And it's. It's it's amazing. This yep. guy's heart is as as solid as it gets, as pure as it gets. So I just again, um, like we said with the upstairs project, if this is what God wants to do, if if He wants a cafe and community center in this village, then we have to just have the faith um, to keep taking the steps forward, and and we might just have to open the thing up um, without too many logistical assurances. Uh, so that's a big thing for us these yep. days. We're really thinking about that, especially because, you know, it is the it's the beginning of the end for us. And the last thing, I mean, we can only control so much. And there's a lot of this that we just don't control. And I mean, honestly, we have been hugely our our nonprofit and what God has done through us and our time here has been the catalyst for getting this project, getting this space to where it is. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that pridefully. I think it's just being honest. And so there is a part of me that is is at a point where, okay, we've gotten, we've helped this to get this far. Now it's kind of time to let these guys carry it and, and help it and nurture it and water it so that it can become something that will grow and last for a long time. Yeah. So it feels like we were here to just kind of be the startup people, to get this thing going, to get this funding. Um, and now the operations and the actual mission and the ministry and the business, um, it's gotta be carried forward by the locals. Yep. Um, so for me, the rubber hits the road though with a lot of these startups. Um, okay, we got the space done, but the operations, that's a part of it giving them a shot in the arm to get this thing going, get a six month, one year uh, boost uh, to start generating income and, and revenue. And so I'm just I'm just thinking a lot about that as you can hear right now. This is kind of my daily, I'm thinking about this cafe a lot. It's really, 
a treasure. It's it means so much to us. It's a heavy treasure. It's a heavy treasure. You're right. You're absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Um, and you know the fundraising stuff has not been easy for us. Asking no. for money, relying on other people, more capable workers, trusting God. Um, that's been a big thing. And so going back to you know, asking people for funding for this cafe is just something that I'm really struggling with these days. Uh, but I know that these guys need some help from somewhere. And each time I kind of knock on the Hungarian door, um, I, it seems that they don't, they just don't have much to give. The big organizations, the, the bigger mm -hmm. churches, they just don't, they just don't have anything to give. I think it's the same in the U.S. right now. So many organizations and churches are restructuring and yeah. they're more hesitant to, you know, channel money into these international kind of projects unless they have they have a real stake in the game and so just helping to to share the story of this cafe and yeah if i think i i overdid that but that that for me though that that's that's kind of what i'm just dealing with these days is yeah. how the heck are we going to get this thing off the ground and we're so close i know just a little bit further, um, but we need money and we need workers and we don't have workers if we don't have money, you know? And that's another thing that gets me so excited is the idea of being able, that's what our business has done is, is providing income for local workers. It's so cool. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, you're missionaries. Oh, what does that really mean? Well, one of the things we're, we're doing actively is channeling and, um, and sharing the generosity from our community back in the U.S. as a way of boosting the local economy. Yeah. Um, I think we just put a number together where, uh, yes, this is including grants um, and funding from from other churches that maybe we just like had a meeting for, so we didn't necessarily like pioneer that partnership. But a lot of it has been straight up funds that have come through blooming abroad and gone directly into the village yeah the only thing blooming abroad is paying for that's not local is our paycheck and our car everything the business else car. everything else has gone into this village almost literally everything else there's a couple of random small little bills maybe 20 30 bucks of bills mm -hmm. but otherwise everything else every other dollar and cent has gone to whether it be refugee whether it be building whether you know, yeah. the upstairs, the, the coffee house, the community with the youth, uh, yeah. meet, like meeting meals, uh, I mean, stuff for the garden, for the coffee house, the outs. I mean, just it's gone totally into and and all of the people that we've hired to work on these buildings are locals. Yeah. So we're just taking it and giving it away. So much. How this much? It's not like a, a brag. It's just a... That's our whole goal is we want to support the local community. And of course we do need to make a living, but that's, yeah. that's the only thing that we really use it for. Um, oh, I don't know how much, maybe next episode, hold on to that. If, if, if you're lot. curious, maybe yeah. you can ask us. It's not that important, but it's yeah, a lot. It is a lot. So, so yeah, that's, I think that's enough for just updating those two important areas of our, of our, our mission and our work pretty, here. Honestly, they're two of like the last, the last, the last projects, yeah. the last missions that yeah. we have. Yeah. We're continuing with youth and things like that, but these are like, yeah. these are, these are it. Yeah. Yeah. These are the big three is, is as you said, the youth, yeah. the, the upstairs, and those are connected. Yeah. And, then, and then the house, the cafe. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we, we kind of shared, um, we kind of shared with you as a, Beginning of the end looks like let's get the the upstairs youth space finished. Yep. Um, and let's get this cafe open. open. Um, and let's continue to serve and hold up Hoini and Gary, yep. Mishi and Tili, yep. who are um, the leaders. They share the leadership. Really, it's Hoini and Gary of the youth programs yeah. in the village. So our job is to continue to hold them up, to encourage them, to be there, to be present, to love the kids, to focus on the kids, to focus on the youth. Yes. Um, but we're not actively trying to like open any new doors or start any new programs. We're just really trying to like circle, circle the wagons around the main, the big three, 
mm-hmm. and push these forward uh, to get them to the next phase. Uh, and the youth is in great shape. It's yeah. they they will miss us, but this these programs are not going to just fall apart because no. we're we're leaving. They don't rely on us. They love us, but they don't rely on that's us. That's right. And that's and a really good thing. Might disagree because they said we need you, but it's more from a friendship tone yeah. versus a they just love they us don't and need us. Yeah. yeah, they love us and want us. Yeah. So if you yeah. have specific questions, um, really seriously, guys, if you have questions or um, just topics relating to subtopics about these these big three. Um, send us an email, yeah. bloomingabroad.org, or shoot us a, a DM over Instagram. Or um, Facebook Messenger, we tend anything. to do that a lot. We, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're all over the social media spaces, but we'd love to, in these next few months, use this podcast to uh, get specific and get, get just go deeper into um the details behind these projects and these efforts and these resources that um, most of you have shared, uh, given to us in order that we can do this work here in, in Hungary. Um, so beginning of the end, um, that's kind of the last few minutes here. Beginning of the end, why did I choose this kind of uh, verbiage? Well. Because right now is literally the beginning of the end. It's I can sense that it's, it's the beginning logical. of the last. It's the we're turning the corner. Yeah. Um, and we are everything that we do, uh, our time, our energy, our efforts is focused around truly leaving this place better than we found it. And generally, over the last two two and a half years, we've been we've been really focusing on that, and that's been. That's been our anthem, but now we're taking that as kind of a general philosophy and getting it, um, we're moving it very specifically into our daily Menki operations. So everything we do needs to help us or position us to leave this village of Kotar Senjurj better than we found it. Yeah. And we talked a lot about the big projects. Um, Sarah, what would you say, you know, as you look around the corner, as you start to peek around the corner, what would you say would are some things that get you excited and some things that get you sad? Yeah, uh, the things that get me sad, this is kind of the lot, one of the most expected things is leaving the people. Mm-hmm. You know, our, some of our best friends, we've made best friends here. We obviously have best friends back home, but it's both and. And I think that's that was hard leaving for Hungary, and that will be hard leaving back to the States. So that's something that gets me sad, um, leaving the youth. I wouldn't say they're our best friends. They're not necessarily peers in that regard, but uh, leaving the kids is a, is a big... It's it's really hard because it's, it's hard to keep in contact, especially with the kids. You can, uh, but it's just hard to kind of keep in that deeper level of contact when you're not there with them different with adults. I think um, teenagers kind of have this this view of the world of kind of what you see, like what's in front of them is, is all that kind of exists. Um, and so it's harder for them, I think, to keep in contact. Uh, so I'm sad about that. Um, I love our little apartment. I'm sad about leaving this place. I love our landlords. I'm sad about leaving them. We just had a birthday party with them last night. It's just the mm-hmm. four of us because it was uh, Imre. The, the I know it's hard because the names aren't really gendered here like they are in ours, but Imre is the, the guy, the male of the couple. And we had a nice party, birthday party with them last night. And um, I'll miss kind of the culture of walking a lot of different places. And so I think there's lots and lots of things I'll miss. Um, but what I am looking forward to is uh, being near our families again mm-hmm. um, and friends, of course, as well. Uh, we'll be living with my parents when we come back for a period of time. So uh, just being around my mom and my dad on a regular basis and then your mom and your dad as well and your and our siblings. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, 
I'm looking forward to working in the medical field again. I've missed my job. I can't remember if I've talked about that on this podcast, but I've really missed. I think missed so. my. I probably have, <laughs> but I've really missed my job. Um, yeah. And so I'm just looking forward to kind of utilizing my training again. It was. It's been very very healthy for me to. Uh, exercise other skills and uh, realize that that's, you know, my job is not my only talent, but um, there is a reason that I went to long and hard school for this job. And so I really am looking forward to that. Uh, it's a very fulfilling job for me. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, that's the main stuff. There's a lot of other smaller details like Taco Bell and Dunkin' Donuts. But other than that... Oh, it's going to be so uh, good. Yeah, other than that... Cheesy gordita crunch. Oh, man. Sausage, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, pop around the corner and get a Foster's. Oh, stop it. Somebody take a little Saturday morning drive to Waypoint. To Waypoint Coffee in St. John's. Walk around campus. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, well, that gets me excited thinking about uh, football. Oh, anything. yeah. Although it'll be the end of the I know. Season, we're going to have but... to wait, but. Basketball season. Yeah. Oh, this year. That gets me excited because yeah. this year we are going to. This is the year, guys. This is the <laughs> I year. I say that every year. But this is really <laughs> the year for MSU basketball. It's time. We got some returning starters. We got amazing recruiting class. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to watch watch a basketball game with my dad. Uh, I'm excited to golfing in the summer. Golf. I'm excited to yeah to be at Eric's tournaments. Um, Shout out Eric Lillibo. He's first round in Toronto today. He's been tearing it up on the PGA Tour Canada. We've been following him. Yeah, he tees off in like an hour. Refreshing. uh, It's not televised, but we're just refreshing the feed constantly. Uh, but yeah, just just being there to follow Eric's golf game, um, grabbing a hold of our my little nephews mm-hmm. and nieces. Um, I haven't, I mean, I've I've met Ember, and I this little dude is it's just it's so um, it's so hard for me to watch to look at Instagram. <laughs> Thank you, Hope, for posting. Yes. It brings me in, but it's just like I just feel like I'm losing time with with him and so I'm really excited to come back and get to know him and uh and I know that we have so many years with Mason and Parker and Blake and Gemma and Iris and and Ember and little B her first birthday is coming up Mm -hmm. so lots of beautiful little nephews and nieces that like I take the role of uncle so seriously and I can't wait to step into that um, so yeah, there's there's a million things that I'm excited about. Uh, I'm just I'm also I was thinking last week about um, the Hayes kids. Oh, you guys yeah. listen to this, but like you know we all had a hard time. We had lots of tears when we were leaving. I just talked to Braylon the other day, and he's seven feet tall, and his <laughs> voice is changing. And but I just got to thinking, wow, I, I will be nearby for his high school years, and yep. then Ellie, you know. Ellie's, she's got another year, two, two years of high school and um, I'll be around, you know, and that means a lot to me. That's important for me because we, yeah. So watch those kids grow up. The excitement and the sadness is the same because we were sad when we left Michigan because we had spent a lot, like we were leaving our nephews and nieces and our, our, the kids that we invested in through church behind Never, that was a heavy thing, and now we are doing the same thing here. It's okay. like you just it never it never goes away. You, yeah. um, and it's gonna be heartbreaking to say bye to these kids. Um, but you know what? We're doing everything we can. That's another piece of this beginning of the end is we're doing everything we can to keep the door open to continuing to invest and resource this village and, and come to this village to be and honest. visit yeah. and bring not just dollars and cents, but bring people, bring teams, um, bring builders, bring ideas, bring to come, come underneath the dreams and the visions that these very capable leaders yes. um, here in the village, here in Hungary already have, and give them the tools so that they can actually bring their dreams to life. And they're ultimately God's dreams. So I think God needs all of us to work together because 
um, that's the last thing I'm excited about. It's not just Hungary. It's not just our village here. We're moving back, but we're moving home because our villages, our towns, our cities mm-hmm. in Michigan need us. Yep. And so we can be doing the same thing in Hungary as uh, we can be doing the same thing in our own backyard in the U.S. as we have been doing in Hungary. We've just learned how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Now we have international experience, and I think that's just going to help us to to be more effective yeah. um, coming back home. Um, yeah, I mean, as we as we always say, the intro and the outro to all of our our podcasts is it's the same, right? We are. We are just two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference. And now we're in Central and Eastern Europe, but in 20 weeks, we'll be back in Michigan. And maybe the geographical location changes, but I think Sarah and I have committed our lives, I know we have, to just be two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference wherever we go. And so that's what we're going to do. It's the beginning of the end. Yep. There's excitement. There's sadness. But but it's also the start of a new beginning. Uh-huh. See what I did there? I saw what you did uh-huh. there. I think it's a great place to, to, well, to end mm-hmm. to round this episode seven out. Yes. Um, so thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We missed you. We missed you a lot. We miss you a lot. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Um, send us your questions. We would like to get specific, so please write us, message us, um, and we'll bring those thoughts or questions into episode eight, uh, coming soon. Yeah. To a podcast near you. <laughs> so, guys, take care. Be blessed. We love you a lot. Love you. Um, this is Sarah and Cullen just checking out. We're just two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference in Central and Eastern Europe. I'll talk for now. Bye, guys. Bye.